Hi, welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director. And I'm Alex Schweer. I'm the Project Director for Montana's Peer Network. So welcome to uh, podcast land. It's been a while since we have uh, done a podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. And uh, these are going to be called Recovery Talks podcasts now. We've kind of revamped the uh, formatting that we're going to do, and uh, we hope that you'll enjoy it. Yeah, so we've got a lineup for the next few months of what we'll be talking about on the podcast. So it'll be once monthly. Um, This month is certification. And into September, we're looking at medication-assisted treatment and how that relates to peer support. Then in October, we're looking at hiring peer supporters. How do you get hired? Who's hiring? How does peer support work? Um, November, we're looking at clinical supervision because as a peer supporter, you have to be clinically supervised. And in December, we're going to do data collection. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Uh, we hope, again, we hope really hope you'll like this new format of recovery talks. And we're, we're really focusing in on certification here for the next few months with uh, the October 1st uh, start date, I guess you'd call it, for the uh, for the law uh, going into effect. Lots of questions keep coming in, email, uh, webinar, phone calls, and so we just thought that if we just started off focusing on these things, um, that would be helpful uh, to you out there listening, um, and we'll just keep giving you the best information that we have. Um, and which is changing, ever-changing, right? Yes, yes, The rules aren't final yet for the certification, so that's a work in progress. Certification does go into effect on October 1st. Right. But we still need public comment for certification rules. Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today, right, Alex? That's really the focus of this one is to kind of answer questions and give some information. And um, do you want to walk... You want to start by walking people through the certification process? Is that where we want to start? Yeah, so what we'll do is all kind of work through initial certification requirements and maintaining your certification, and then we'll do some questions and answers because we've had quite a lot of questions um, and quite a lot of the same questions. So we want to make sure we're answering those frequently asked questions. So let's start with what happens with initial certification. Okay. So everyone has to complete an application. Yes, yes, yes. Okay? And then they have to pay a fee. Again, we're going back to this. We don't know for certain any of these rules yet. They're still in the works, but what we think, it's going to be $125. Yeah, that's what we've been hearing. So, And again, this is all through the Behavioral Health Board. So we've been a part of that, helping them shape all this. Again, this is the best information that we have at, at this time. Yep. Um, 40 hours of training for initial certification. Uh, we have the Peer Support 101 training. We do. We do. So we're excited to be offering that for your 40 hours of training. Then you need a written agreement with a clinical supervisor. Right. Right? Yep. Um, fingerprinting, background check. We'll get back to this with some of our frequently asked questions. So if you have questions on that, don't worry. We'll be answering them. Um, Something else that's really important with this initial certification is that you have to be two years in recovery with no hospitalizations or incarcerations. Yes, yes, two years. Yep, and you need to be able to attest to a behavioral health diagnosis, um, also to your treatment and recovery. Again, frequently asked questions. We'll get back to this in a few minutes. Right, right, and that's kind of the initial piece for 
um, getting certified. So the application that's going to be available through the uh, Board of Behavioral Health. So what happens, Alex, now after I'm certified and let's say next year at this time, what 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 am I going to have to going to have to be doing? Yeah, so great. Jim certified. This is great news. He's going to have to pay a yearly fee to keep up that certification. We don't know what that is yet. We'll keep you updated, but right now we don't know what that is. And Jim's going to have to go to 20 hours of CEUs, continuing education credits. What okay. would you like to go to, for example, Jim? Yeah, gosh, I mean, there's so many really cool trainings out there. I think uh, when I think CEUs, I think of things like trauma, trauma awareness, you know, trauma-informed care. That's definitely one. Suicide intervention, you know, training. I think that's another really good one. Boundaries, you know, any kind of ethics training. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, options for people looking for CEUs, um, but 20 CEUs to maintain my certification. That's that's what you're saying. Great. Um, also, you've got to maintain a record of clinical supervision meetings. Um, and those clinical supervisions are one hour for every 20 hours worked. So far, again, this is still in the works. It could be changing, public comment, we'll see. We'll right. get back to right. that as well. Right, so if you're full-time, two hours clinical supervision, right? Great. And then also, you've got to remain, maintain that long-term stable recovery and abide by the code of ethics. Right, exactly. Those of you who have gone through our Peer Support 101, the ethics will look very, very similar. Um, we have seen a copy of that. Going to look very similar. No surprises there whatsoever. So. Great. So, Jim, do you want to get into these frequently asked questions that we have? Yeah, I think it's good because I think as you were, you know, you were reading these, I was, I was just thinking about all the different questions that have come in and, and how, you know, it, it sounds pretty straightforward. Okay, do this, this, and this, but the reality is there's a lot of other stuff involved with it, right? Right. So what happens, for example, I'm in recovery, but I have a felony. Then what happens? Yeah, so uh, we, we this was written into the bill, this was specific, that people would have an opportunity to go before the Behavioral Health Board and uh, present their case as to why they should be a certified Behavioral Health Peer Support Specialist. So um, the Behavioral Health Board is very aware that for, for many of us in recovery, our, our background, criminal history is not going to be perfect. There's, you know, people doing good peer support work who have felonies, who have done time, and that's okay. That's what we want. And that, in fact, the bill was sponsored by the Sentencing Commission, and the Sentencing Commission um, really sees peer support playing a big role um, in the criminal justice system. So I don't think it's something to be afraid of, but do be prepared when you do the background check, your fingerprinting and background check, um, it's going to get flagged. And then the Behavioral Health Board, my understanding, would reach out to you. You'd set up a time to go before them and present your case. So, so Jim, talking about that fingerprinting and mm -hmm. the background check, where do I go to go get that done? Yeah, so you would just go to your uh, local sheriff's office. They can do fingerprinting. They can submit that for the background check uh, and your fingerprints, and that goes. There will be a fee. You'll pay a fee to the sheriff's office, very nominal. I, 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 I did mine a few years ago, and I think it was... $25, that seems to me to be about right. Um, and then it goes directly to the Behavioral Health Board. It doesn't come back to you. It goes goes to them. Okay. And what if I, you know, I, I'm saying I have, I'm attesting to this uh, Behavioral Health 
diagnosis, mm -hmm. but do I have to tell them exactly what my diagnosis is? No, 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 definitely not, right? Um, you know, I don't know exactly what the application's gonna look like, but uh, my best guess is it's going to say something like, I, Jim Haney, have been diagnosed with a behavioral health diagnosis, I have received treatment, and I am in recovery. And then you will sign and date it. Um, no, nobody's going to have to disclose their uh, their diagnosis. No. Okay, and it's also going to say on there that I have to attest that I've received treatment. What does that mean? Do I have to go to a counselor? What does that count as? Yeah, you know, this is this is a really good question, actually. Um, yeah, they're not going to ask what kind of treatment. Um, again, this would be this would be part of your medical record. You'd be actually getting into um, privacy laws, and so it's not really about that. It's just that. Hey, I, I've been diagnosed and I've received treatment and I identify as being in recovery because remember, the basis of peer support work is your lived experience in recovery. And so you really can't have kind of one without the other, right? I mean, you can't just like, well, I think I'd have a diagnosis or I, I think I went to treatment. I mean, either you did or you didn't. Those of us who have diagnoses know we remember being diagnosed, we remember going to treatment. It's a big part of our experience, which then, like for me, that's what I use to connect with people, to say, hey, I, I feel for what you're going through. This was my experience, right? So it's all connected back to your lived experience. Okay, and so these rules seem fair enough, but what if there's a rule that I really don't agree with? Is there something I can do to change these, or are these set in stone? Yeah, so that's 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 per this is perfect timing, right? This is perfect, perfect timing. So the rules are not set yet. They're going to be released shortly. Um, and when I say shortly, this is like the end of August. So anytime now, they're going to be released, and they will go for a 30-day public comment period. And so we'll be sending out information, but you can visit the Behavioral Health Board website also, and it will direct you where to go to read the rules and you can make comments. And certainly you you are a citizen of this state. This is a law going into effect. You have every right to make comments, positive and negative. Even if you think they're great, say they're great. If you have a problem with something or an issue, absolutely. And the Behavioral Health Board is required to respond to every inquiry, every comment that comes in during this period. So it's gonna be the month of September is what we're assuming. Um, so that's the time. Now's the time to be active, use those Use those voices, right, that we get back when we're in recovery. Use your voice and speak up. Yeah, feel empowered in this process, right? There's going yeah. to be a public hearing. You can email in those comments. They have to respond to your comments, right. whether they just say, hey, listen, we've thought about this, and this is X, Y, Z, why we're not doing it. Right. But they will respond to those comments. Yeah, and good point, Alex. I forgot about that, the public hearing. So during the 30-day period, there will be a public hearing date also. I forgot to mention that. So come on out to that. Yes. All right, next question. So let's say I lived in another state. They already have peer, supporters, peer support certification in effect. Sure. Can I use that here in Montana? Yeah, so as long as um, you have documentation that shows you were certified, and as long as the training that you went through for that other state meets our requirements. And so when the rules come out, you'll actually see the list of what the requirements are. They're, they're pretty much standard. They meet the national standards. Um, they're what the peer support task force recommended um, through its work. There's nothing unusual in there. And so, yeah, as long as you meet those requirements, you certainly would be able to. Okay, great. I'm really excited for this. And I know 
October 1st, I'm going to apply, let's say. Excellent. Okay? Yeah. So what if I don't – I already have a job as a peer supporter. What if I don't get my certification right away? Can I still work as a peer supporter? Yeah, interesting question, right? So the law is going into effect, and obviously all of us aren't going to be able to fill out our application on October 1st and mail it in and write. But starting October 1st, these documents, the, the application process will be available. And yes, in order to practice as a peer supporter, a paid peer support position, you are going to have to get certified, right? So yes, you will have to abide by the law that goes into effect. Um, and right, it's not every all, all of us aren't going to fill out our thing on October 1 and get it stamped and mail it in. There's going to be a little bit of a process here. And then it's still the paperwork has to be gone through. And so it's going to take some time this initial uh, month or two, I think, to get everybody certified. Okay, and I, for example, was so gung-ho about becoming a peer supporter. I did the Peer Support 101 training before this all went into effect. Sure, sure, yeah. Does this count? Can I use this yeah. in my Yeah, position? yeah, so, yep, so Montana's Peer Network, you know, we've been doing this training. Many of you might, might know this, some of you might not, but we've been doing this training for a couple years now using these standards, and our training uh, meets the requirements we have not gotten the official approval from the Behavioral Health Board, but I see no reason why it wouldn't because it meets all of the requirements. And, and that's the great thing about this law. We're not the only entity who could create a training. So, you know, it, it's not it's not just like the peer network's going to train everybody. Um, there is going to be other companies, you know, there's other companies around the nation who have peer support trainings who have been doing this. And so you can go and take trainings wherever you would like as long as they meet that criteria. But we'd love to have you. Oh, we would love to have you. Of course we do. I mean, we, wouldn't you love to be trained in the state of Montana where you're actually going to be working? I mean, of course we do. We're not trying to send anybody anywhere else, but also letting people know. I mean, we're not trying to uh, monopolize the market um, at all by any by any means. You can, you can go out. There's tons of fabulous. I went to a training program in another state. I went to one out of Arizona. So. All right, great. And so let's get into a little bit with um, this clinical supervision, right? So okay. I'm hiring a peer supporter now, so I'm changing my role over now. Okay. Um, uh, they have to get 20 hours of CEUs if they don't have three years of experience as a clinical supervisor, correct? Okay. Yep. Okay, so what about the state supervisor training? Does that count towards those yes. 20? Y yes, yeah, yeah. So, so today, like currently... There is no special clinical supervisor training for peer supporters. This is actually something that we, Montana's Peer Network has in the works. Um, there are trainings already out there for clinical supervisors. If you've already gone to it or you go to it every year, the, uh, the Social Workers Association offers it. It's 20 hours. Yes, that would count if you don't have the three years experience. Or, or if you want to know more about clinical supervision, like, just because you have more than three years, you might want to just know more about clinical supervision. And we at Montana's Peer Network, we, we're we developing a clinical supervisor training for those clinical supervisors working directly with peer supporters, because we feel like there's some nuances to that kind of work that's a little bit different. And so we're going to roll that out in 2018 um, and start offering that to clinical supervisors so they can learn what it's like and hear it from us. People who've been clinically supervised, we've had a clinical supervisor here for uh, three and a half years. And so I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned um, and to hear it from a peer supporter side 
what does that what does that look like and how does that benefit me as a peer supporter what's what works best to help support me in the work I'm doing because we're not clinical we're we're recovery oriented and it's a little bit different I had I didn't go to school and get a degree my experience my lived experience is what I base my work on so great yeah. And that wraps up all of our frequently asked questions, but well, that we would, was easy. Yeah, we'd love to hear more. Um, so if you have questions that we haven't answered, yeah. feel free to get in touch with us. Yeah, um, yeah. Send us an email, uh, Jim at mtpeernetwork.org or or Alexandra at mtpeernetwork.org. Yeah, send them our way, and we'd be happy to answer them. And again, we're gonna keep doing these. Uh, these podcasts and we're going to kind of focus on certification for a while. Right. I mean, I think that's the, this is the hot topic across the state. Um, there's lots of peer support positions opening. There's new funding allocated and uh, lots of peer supporters who have been working, who need to get certified. New peer supporters going to be coming online. So whole lot of folks. And we have tons of trainings lined up. Uh, our trainings are no cost. We have both uh, SAMHSA funding and state funding to offer these trainings to peer supporters at no cost. So definitely visit our Facebook page, go to our website, call us, email us. Come to our trainings while they're the trainings free. While they're free, take advantage of this. You know, I mean, this money doesn't last forever. Um, going to a training for a week can be very costly, both in the fees and the travel expenses. We're trying to make it around the state as we've done in the past and offer these trainings in various communities to limit the cost, uh, but it won't last forever. I mean, eventually at some point we'll, you know, there'll be fees associated with the training. So take advantage of the next uh, couple of years. Yeah, so we look forward to hearing from you. If you have any other questions, let us know. Absolutely. Well, this has been uh, pretty good, Alex, for our first uh, Recovery Talks podcast. Yeah, and give us comments on that too. If you think we didn't, do a great job or if you think we did an absolutely fantastic job absolutely let, let, us know. let us know let us know okay thanks so much for tuning in and again visit us on facebook and our website and we'll catch you next time mm -hmm.